Good evening, everyone. Good evening and welcome back. Welcome back to the Porsche Cool Podcast, the podcast where we chat about, talk about all things Porsche. Uh, my name is Michael Barth. Uh, Steve is here. Hi, Steve. Hi, mate. All right. Sorry, I've completely messed you up by kind of going like two hours early, hour and a half early. Uh no, it's okay. I was actually, I'll, I'll tell the listeners what I was doing and I told you, I was actually Sleeping. having a nap. <laughs> I was having a nap just for like half an hour and and then I was going to come out and I was going to sit here in front of my computer and I was going to make some little notes up and prepare. So I'm semi-prepared, but I'm under-prepared. Let's just say it that and way. And I messed you up. Uh, let's just say it you're, that way. You're at the mercy of my children and my wife. Um, but yeah, so we're recording this, like I said, it's Tuesday night here in London. It's uh, Wednesday morning there for Steve in Sydney and we're recording this. This is Friday's episode, as you know, because you're listening to it. It's Friday, um, but we always record these a couple of days in advance, a couple of days before, not really in advance, a couple of days before. Owner stories, I normally record a handful in advance so that you guys don't miss out on an episode if, if something comes up in my personal life. Owner stories, I know you haven't, uh, owner stories uh, this week was... Uh, Jeff, I know you probably haven't listened to it, Steve, because it was only it no, only came up um, today. Um, so yep. I spoke to Jeff the other day, actually. Um, in fact, I only spoke to him end of last week. Um, I've literally done about three or four owner stories in the last few days, so I've been I've sort of been stacking them up again because I actually ran out um, with all the moving and, and shifting from Bahrain and coming back here to London. Mm. So I recorded uh, Jeff last week, Steve. Uh, Jeff's in San Diego. Mm -hmm. um, a place I've always wanted to go to, actually, I've never been to San Diego, and I've, I've always wanted to go there in California. Jeff's got a 986.2 Boxster. It's Midnight Blue Metallic, which I think is one of the nicer colors in the Boxster, I have to say. Um, manual, uh, his first Porsche, uh, he loves it. He's, it's a good story because he, he kind of, he's always wanted a Boxster. He's loved the Roadster. Mm. Um, and he remembered reading a car magazine, Steve, you know, um, 20 odd years ago or 20 years ago, they basically just raved about yeah, it. Yeah. When it, when it came out and seeing it and then, you know, walking with his grandfather and his grandfather joking about porches when he walks past porches as porches and, and then, mm -hmm. you know, 20 years later, he, um, he buys one and he's got one and he's. He's got a good way of looking at it, Jeff. I really like, uh, you know, I had a good chat with him and I really like the way he's looking at it. It's like he's going to keep this car, Steve, and he's, he's, he's very well sort of, he's very planned on how he's doing it uh, and the things he's fixing. Like, um, I don't want to give it all away, but the clutch was pretty much, the clutch had been done 5,000 miles before he bought it. And then when he, when he, you know, eventually had it looked over and whatever, the clutch was almost uh, worn out. The guide worn it out. Did you mention that last week? Yeah. The guy had worn it out. Somebody with, did somebody wear a clutch it? out in 5,000 Yeah, maybe I mentioned it last time, but this was Jeff this week. Yeah, so then he replaced yeah. the clutch because he was replacing the IMS. He did the IMS and and now he's going to yeah. he's look, he's going to fix up all the suspension and, you know, he's getting it perfect. He's just getting it right. You know, if you're going to do it, you're just going to do it right and he's doing it, you know, bit by bit. And um, mm -hmm. I think in the end he's going to have a, you know, he's going to have a really, um, a really good boxer actually. A uh, really good one, yeah, cool. uh, and it's good that it's a you know it's an 04. Um, it's an 04. It's a manual. It's not an S, but you know it's plenty of power. And mm. um, anyway, he's thinking about exhaust mods and what to do for the exhaust. But it was a good chat. I, I mean, I like talking to people about boxers because I don't know a lot about them, um, and it's interesting yeah, I really just like to. Them. And I and, yeah, really, I know. And this is the thing. Steve, I've always enjoyed it whenever I've driven them. Like um, I've had a few kind of courtesy cars. I think like 
Um, Willoughby Porsche kind of gave me one once. My uncle's had a couple, so I've driven. Um, if uh, long story, but if he's kind of given me his, like lent me his for a, a day or two here and there, and I've kind of driven around in them, they, they're really fun. They're really your, nice cars. Your uncle had the nine eight six, didn't he? It was a nine eight seven. Mm, one of each. One he was sold to Order House, or he was going to sell to Order, Order House that time. No, it was consignment. One of each. He had one of each, did he? Yeah, he had. There was actually my cousin who, his son, who had a 986S in seal grey. Oh, okay. Manual. And yeah. then my uncle had um, found, like, randomly found a guard's red one later. Um, I think that was a 987. That was, that was a kind of nice car. Um, he, he basically just tried to use it as a kind of everyday sort of runaround, um, because, um, he, his work, his, his workplace is quite far from home. So he knows that he racks up miles. So, um, he'd go and find a car that he could, um, sort of basically just kind of chew mileage up on. Yeah. I mean, I do like the idea of them. I really do. Um, and obviously in the U S and the UK, you can pick them up a lot cheaper than Australia. It seems like you can. Um, What's the going rate in Australia? I don't know. Have you looked yeah. at the price? I mean, I looked at the after I after I spoke to Jeff, I went on there and I looked at the prices actually. Uh, and if you're yep. looking for S's and and all the base, there's not that many. You know what I mean? When you want something, just say you're looking for something that's got under a hundred thousand kilometers. If you put that in yep. the search results, which I always yep. tend to, I guess there's more over a hundred thousand kilometers. But if you just want sure. under a hundred thousand Ks, there's yep. not that many. There's not that many, but they still range in price. They look. They range from thirty to like fifty. They seem to be right. thirty to fifty. You know what I mean? Um, yep. Depending on the mileage, but there's more at fifty now. I tell you, there seems to be a lot more at at the fifty mark than there was before at the at the fifty mark. Because I remember at one point there, there was some for twenty. Like they were so low. You know, for yeah. a, for a point there, no one wanted the Boxster, did they? All of a sudden, everyone was selling them off, and they were just sitting there. But uh, I don't really know. I suppose maybe because there quite a lot of them. Probably that thing of like um, they're in fashion, then they kind of kind of go out of fashion, and for that ilk of kind of client that don't want to be seen in something that's dated or out of fashion, and then it kind of comes back around again. So maybe that's where the value goes. But I know like it's um, Matt Farah, you know, like when Matt Farah kind of fields questions at the end of his podcast on Smoking Tire, and people always sort of mention Boxster there, but he always tends to tell people he and Zach pretty much always sort of say, don't touch a 986. Um, yeah, I know a lot of people say reasons, that. I know a lot of people yeah, say I that. I don't know enough about it. Yeah. I mean, you know, IMS, I guess it's the IMS thing, isn't it? Really? What else is it? Uh, I don't know. Not sure. I have no idea. But, you know, I think, you know, they're a good, you know, now the 996, 911 is, is going up in price. You know, the Boxsters are a good alternative. You know, they shouldn't be overlooked. Um, you know, oh. even owner stories, every owner story that has a box drawn it, it get, always gets a lot of, lot of interest. You know what I mean? A lot of interest oh. as do the ones with cabriolets as well. You know, you, you know, you, people are always saying, oh, you know, it's got to be a hard top. It's got to be a coupe. It has to be a 911. It has to be manual. Not always because, you know, owner stories, I think are a good indication. It's like people are interested, you know, in other things. They're not just interested in what, you know, the purists or what the main people say is sure. what you should be owning. The cars are getting more and more rare and sought after, and I guess anyone that's got a good one is kind of hanging on to it too. So yeah, it's much yeah. harder to kind of find a car. 
you know, um, and I think you know. Jeff was saying he's going to get it sorted and he might even do some track days in it, you know what I mean? Because it is such oh. a great, you know, the Boxsters, a lot of people use them on the track, you know, the mid-engine, the power, yeah. the, you know, the, you know, it's a good car to learn in for the track. So I think that side of it is a, is a good thing. I mean, that's what I ca- yeah. I'm kind of interested in, you know, I'm kind of interested in, you know what I mean? And this is not to replace mm. the 912, of course, or, or the 912 is, is out of the equation. This is just in a, this is in addition. Bloody hell. <laughs> it's another one. <laughs> it's another one I'm pulling out. Tasha says, this is, is, my wife says, this is instead of the 912. I said, no, this is in addition to the 912. This is, is compliment against all the three of them. Is that, is that rich friend of yours, Ajmal, just kind of throwing you some of his uh, oh, extra we have funds? Oh, we have to do a shout out to that actually because, you know, like when I was editing, when I, I, I actually edit the podcast and a lot of people ask me that when I'm doing the owner stories, do I edit? And I said, oh. yeah, of course I edit. I have to edit because there's gaps and there's sometimes there's too many ums and, you know, there's just little things and glitches I have to take out. And I have yeah, to admit, yeah. that episode we did last week, uh-huh. When I was listening to it, and for those of the listeners who have heard it, you know, when you said about to tell Ajma to go and effing watch it, wash his car or whatever, like <laughs> when I was editing it, I was laughing. I was laughing. You know, every now and again, like I said, when I edit the podcast, if I'm laughing and I'm and it's making me smile, you know, I know it's a good, I know it's a good one. And then I watched uh-huh. Ajma's video. Did you watch it? And he, yeah, he sent me a message. He said, "I was washing my car and I'm listening to your Portugal podcast." And Steve says that exact same thing when he's washing the car. Uh-huh. I got to uh, say, Ajmal, is that, is that like really your version of washing a car? That's what I mean. Did he have any soap? I didn't see any soap, Ajmal. I meant to ask you that. Was there, was there soap? Were there suds? Is that, I'd, benefit of the doubt, like this is like the, um, the convict in Australia sort of pondering what the hell's going on there. But is that because there is like hard water or something? <laughs> I tell is you. That, is that what hard water is? It doesn't sud? It doesn't soap up? I, I'm not sure. Maybe. Surely. Um, but you told me that Ajmal's rich. So like, shouldn't he be using like Evian <laughs> to wash his car or something? He's rich. He's rich in style. He's rich in quality. Um, oh, okay. What I was going to say is, though, when I was watching um, Ajmal, I know you're listening. When I was watching you watch, watching you wash the car, it, it reminded me of Bahrain, actually, because in Bahrain they they wash the cars and they don't use any water. They just they have the sand, and people will come up. People will come up to you, and they'll want to wash your car, and they just have a bucket with dirty water, and they're just wiping all the dust all over it. Yeah, when I wow. first when I first went to Bahrain, I think I might have sent Steve a message, or I told Steve about it. Like I saw this guy in the car park in Bahrain, and I always say no to them because they come up and they want to wash your car. And um, I thought of yeah. Steve because it was like a really hot day and the car was covered in dust and he's literally just wiping all the dust off this work. S- smearing crap through the car. And just scratching all the paintwork. And I thought, oh, my God, do not let them. do not give, that, actually. Do not give them your Porsche. You know, there's a really good my- collector. There's a really good collector in Bahrain and he's on Instagram and he's got a GT1, he's got a Spider, he's got LaFerraris. Um mm-hmm. So he's not as rich as Ajmal. I forget the name of the of the guy, but it's he's actually in Bahrain and it looks like he's in Rifa, which is where all the royal family live. Um, right. And he's got like amazing, amazing car collection, amazing car collection. Um, it's weird when I was um, when I used to go for a run in Bahrain near where we lived in Sanabas, I'd always see this same guy in this McLaren because I'd always go around the same time of the evening, and there'd always be this guy in a McLaren um, 720s. He'd be like driving mm-hmm. to the one direction. So a really beautiful car, that 720S, you know, when you see it. I know they're not that reliable and people say they have issues with McLaren, but it's, it really is a, a beautiful looking car. Yeah. 
Uh, I wouldn't say no. I definitely wouldn't say no to a McLaren. You see that um, weird tangent, that Batman dude in Sydney? You know, remember we went to that um, Cars and Coffee and yeah, that yeah. black one was there? I think you knew you'd seen, sort of seen him on Instagram. Um, he I was on he one of Shimmy. When his... Shimmy was in Australia, he was on one of Shimmy 150's videos, I think. Right. I think he just uh, upgraded it to a 765LT. 765LT is a nice car. Very nice car. Yeah. Supposedly stupid quick. Yeah, a lot of money in Australia, that's for sure. A lot of money. Um, Okay, so that's owner's story, Steve. So make sure you listen to it because Jeff's got a good story and everyone else is listening. Mm -hmm. Make sure you listen to Jeff. Um, Give him a shout out. Go to his Instagram. um, And here I go. I don't actually have it written down. It's in the description. It'll be in the description of this. It's Midnight Blue... Midnight Blue Metallic. I don't have my other phone here. I've got my phone as a camera and her mother phone. I think it's Midnight Blue Metallic uh, 986. Point. I'm going to find it. I'm going to I'm going to talk about something else with Steve for a second, and I'm, I'm going to actually find it and say what these Instagram <laughs> is. Okay, he, here it is. Midnight Blue 986.2. Midnight Blue 986.2. So make sure you follow Jeff on Instagram. I'm sure he'll forgive you. I was about to say, um, talking of car washing, um, my uncle is fully getting into his sort of whole detailing kind of thing. He's sort of learning the craft of paint correction and ceramic coating and stuff like that. And he sent me a text yesterday and said his latest revelation is um, snow foam is a waste of time, which is interesting. I was thinking about that when I was watching Ajmal do his car. I was thinking, should I get one of those, those foam machines to do my car? Since my car hasn't been washed in a year and a half in Sydney. But then you need a high-pressure karcher or karka or whatever it is. Um, karcher. Think, yep. Karcher, right, to do it. Yep, yep. Uh, you can buy ones that are attached to a garden hose, but I think they're apparently not so great. Sorry. There's yeah. my daughter in the background. Um, yeah, the, the notion of it is that it sort of, you know, it obviously kind of suds up. It sort of sits on the car, and then as it um, gravity sort of uh, pushes the suds down, it takes the kind of grit with it. But... I was always sceptical. It's like, I can't take everything with it. You're always going to have to still put like a mitt or a sponge against the paint. And you're always going to have to rub to some degree. So like, isn't that snow foam thing a bit of a waste of time? Um, mm, so I it, don't know. Interestingly, I mean, yeah. that, that, that time where my uncle had his 991.2 um, ceramic coated professionally and um, I went along to um, uh, go visit the guy. And he actually sort of believed that it was a bit of a sham too, that um, it wasn't really necessary. So. But every all the detailers use it though, don't they? Yeah, they do. I don't know, maybe you need to do it in a particular way or I don't know, maybe you really can't leave, like if you left your car under a tree and it had sap on it and all of that sort of stuff, yeah. like snow foam ain't going to do anything. Whereas if it's sort of like your, you know, your weekly wash and it just is um, kind of just like carbon dust and all that sort of stuff, then maybe that's... Yeah, feasible. I, I mean, when I left my car, you know, in January 2020, was it? January 2020. I mean, yeah. I did actually wax it again, as, as you probably know. I, I gave it a wax and I gave it, I gave it a, a really good wax, actually. I gave it the wax a week before and then I gave it another wax. So it had heaps of wax on it because, you know, it was going away. I waxed the wheels. I actually waxed everything. Um, yep. So hopefully it's okay. It's got the cover on it. I'm sure yeah, it's fun. got some grime on it, but you know, I just—I th- was thinking about that the other day. I might have to be a bit more careful when I wash it um, because of that. I was just thinking about whether there's something I should be careful of, but I guess it'll be okay. Yeah. 
you can get, I mean, you can obviously, it's a massive rabbit hole because my uncle keeps sort of encouraging me. I think he's sort of offered to help me with it and all of that sort of stuff. He's converted because he was an old sort of, you know, like one bucket kind of wax wax kind of guy. And now all of a sudden he, uh, you know, because he's kind of gotten fully into it and he can sort of see all the swells um, and stuff like that. Like the the basic principle is the more you basically contact your paintwork, the more you're kind of scratching it. So, um, but I'm not sure. I'm sort of teetering on the edge because I really just kind of feel like if you start to kind of get into it and then you get to the point where you're very nervous about sort of, um, uh, you know, putting a mitt or a sponge on your car and all that sort of stuff, like you're just never going to want to drive it. Yeah, I mean, we do the two-bucket thing, right? I mean, I do the Mm -hmm. two-bucket thing most of the time, I guess. Not all the time, most of the time. But, I mean, when you've been out on a spirited drive and, you know, you come back and you get all that black, all that road grime and stuff on your your car and you think, oh, man, it's not going to come off. It's going to be, like, difficult to get off. And then you, like, you use the soap and you put it on and if you've got a lot of wax in your car, it really does come off pretty easily, don't you find? I mean, I don't... Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. even use any chemical to take it off. I don't use like bug remover or tar remover. No, it just no, no. it literally just comes off the paintwork because my paint is our paint, the same as yours. It's got so much wax on it, it kind of just wipes off. Yep. So it's pretty yep. easy. Hey, there's a couple of things. Let me just uh, let me just do this because yep. three of them yep. came through today, and you know I always like to do a shout out. Um, Apple ratings and reviews. I haven't mentioned any of the usual stuff today. See, this is where I'm, I'm a bit all over the place. Um, Apple ratings and reviews, um, as I say, every rating helps us to get closer to being the number one Porsche podcast in the world. Um, so if you can, <laughs> you can leave a message, leave a, Steve's laughing. If you leave a rating or leave a review, uh, it really does help us get searched, uh, help us not get searched. It helps us be local. It helps us show up in the search results. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, and also if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google iHeart, which is really popular. I don't know. I never use iHeart. Um, just give it's us American, a follow. It? Yeah, it seems to be quite popular. Um, when I right. see the stats of what people have listened, iHeart's like the third one or the fourth. iHeart's actually before Google, before Google okay. Podcasts. Um, so give us a follow on any of those platforms that you um, listen to us on. Be good. Um, but I just want to give a, a quick shout out. There's been three reviews and they all came through today. I don't know whether they did come through today, but I saw them today. So the first one is from Rusty Piston in the UK, Great Britain. I'm not going to read them all out, but it's a, it's a good, it's many thanks to Michael, Steve, and all of the owners for sharing their enthusiasm and knowledge of the brand in its many forms. Um, but that's from Rusty. That's part of the review. Um, the next one is a good one. I like the title of this one. The number one Porsche podcast, according to me. So that's a good one. Um, five stars again. And that was from Jason from TX, which must be Texas, I think. Uh, that's the mm-hmm. United States of America. And then the best Porsche chat out there from Does Not Work in Great Britain. So I just want to say thanks to those three people for taking the time to not only give us a, a rating, but also to write a review. Um, <clears throat> I know we're all busy, and it, but it really does help. So I really appreciate that. Um, cool. I want to... Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I mean, I like it when I see the reviews. I mean, I see them on Chartable, which is the thing where I can see the stats of the podcast, but they just come up, Steve. So usually you can't see reviews because you only see them for the country in the iTunes store that you're in. So if you look at your iTunes for yeah. Porsche Cool, it'll only show the Australian ones. So I can see all yeah. of the reviews we've had. Um, yeah. And it's great. It's great that people are enjoying the podcast. They enjoy the chat between you and me. They enjoyed Ajmal being on the podcast. And like I said, we're going to get him back. 
Um, Bring Ajmel back. Yeah, we're going to get him back and we're going to do a three-way talk. I mean, Ajmel's going to have to do this at 11 o'clock at night. I would have organized Ajmel for this week, but I was so all over the place with um, work getting a little bit out of control. Um, So that's that. And um, the only other thing I just want to say, Patreon, if you want to support the podcast, just go over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Porsche Cooled, and you can join uh, Porsche Cooled Exclusive or Porsche Cooled Exclusive Plus, and basically it just um, helps us um, keep talking. So that GT3 for sale that was for sale on car sales, um, Mm -hmm. that was... um, that's been up there for a while, hasn't it? There's a GT3. I'll just tell the listeners. There's a GT for sa- GT3 for sale, 996 GT for, GT3 for sale in Australia. 389,000 Australian dollars, 160, kilo- 160 kilometers, 2,000 uh, GT3, 996.1. I think that's been there for a while, hasn't it? That was the one that was up no, a while I, back. So uh, car sales served me up that res- uh, search result. I thought that was a new one which is why I sort of sent it to you because wasn't it a um a 996.2 a 997.1 and a 997.2 GT3 like basically and they're all black ones I thought this one was new yeah no I got that same I got the same alert and I just thought oh it's the other one and then you sent it to me I thought oh is it the same that's why I wasn't really sure yeah I've I assumed that it was um like he's kind of clearing out the collection um, well, we have an idea insane. who we have an idea who owns it. We're not going to say who it is, um, but we do have an idea who whose car it is, um, who's a collector in in Victoria. Mm-hmm. But it's well known racer. It's interesting though, you know, because it comes back to that conversation, you know, ages ago on an earlier podcast. It's like you buy this car for three hundred eighty nine thousand. It's got no kilometers on it. Now, say I go out and buy it. I go, okay, I've, I've, just, I've just made a big windfall, right? I'm going to go and buy this car. Once I start mm. driving it, you know, the value of that car is going to drop significantly, right? It's going to drop yeah. a lot. Because you can't really drive it, can you? At 160K, as, as in, sorry, 160 kilometers, 160, that's um, it's like delivery miles. Yeah, so it's 100 miles, basically. It's 100 miles. That's all yeah. it's got on yeah, it for yeah. US listeners, 100 miles UK listeners. And this is the thing, you know, even if you drive it, say, like someone like me, just say that someone, you know, under 5,000 kilometers a year, you know, in four years, it's 20,000 kilometers, you know, how much are you going to lose off that car? Considering a 996 GT3 is sitting now close to 200K, right, Steve? 170 to 200 for a good one. Um, I for think a good so, yeah. one. For a good one. Yep. So, you know, it's, it's weird with these cars. I mean, they're really appealing because they're in, you know, they're like a brand new car. And, but then, you know, like if, it's, if, if you're a collector and you're just going to sit on it, it's okay. But if you're someone who wants to enjoy it, you're going to lose money, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. Um, but I, I guess if you're going to buy into a car that's like, that's a very high price, what, 389 990 or whatever it is. Um, <clears throat> well, it is because you're maybe you don't s- worry about money again. I guess unless you see it like, you know, it's a new car, you're buying a new car um, (laughs) and a new car will depreciate. Yeah, a new car will depreciate, right? So, okay, I bought it, it's going to depreciate and then it'll go back up again. Maybe that's how you see it. I don't know. Because I saw today as well, Steve, and I saw this Mm -hmm. on a dealer in New York, uh, a dealer that had a 912 that I was looking at a while back, a 912E. And they've just listed this... um, 
In fact, I'll send you the link now so you can look at it. They've just listed mm. a club sport. I, because I'm on their, e- on their email list, they actually give me the price as well. Because I noticed on the website, they actually don't have the price. Yeah. Um, but in the email that, I, that they sent me, they've got the price. So yep. this, um, they've got a 1988 Porsche 911 Carrera Club Sport. So the Club Sport is the one cool. that's got, you know, better tuning, hasn't it? It's got no rear seats. I think it's slightly lighter weight, isn't it, Steve, from memory? Uh, I think so. Chris Harris used to bang on about it all the time because yeah, he had one. That's right. He, um, he said that that's one of the best 911s he's ever had, and he's had quite a few, um, and that it's, you know, highly underrated and all of that sort of stuff. It, it's kind of like the... Um, the RS or the GT3 version of that um, that model that never really kind of happened. Did you see the like, images cool. though? Did you see the seats? Yeah, like I've cool. never seen those seats. There's, for people who want to look at this, it's on cooperclassics.com, cooperclassics.com, which is a dealer in the U- oh, in yeah. the US. And the seats, uh, you know, the bolst, you know, they got the Porsche uh, fabric seats with the writing. They're so immaculate. Like you look at this car; it's a one owner car. It's a one owner car. Original owner in the description. It's only got, um, I'll tell you the price in a second. You're going to die when I tell you the mm. price because there's no price on it. Uh, it's a one-owner car. I can't seem to click up the description. Oh, here's the description here. Um, and it's only got 15,000 miles or something. Wow. One of three triple black in the USA. One of only 28 ever brought to the USA. Original condition is new. Um, this to me is a car, Steve. If you, if you had the money, you would, you would buy it, don't you think? I mean, it's an 88. Uh-huh. Anyway, the price, 350000 US dollars. Yeah, right. So it's, it's high price. And I always remember that story, like you said. I remember the story about Chris Harris, how he bought one, and his father didn't mm. think much of it. I think he said it in a podcast. His father didn't, he said he was crazy for buying it, spending all his money mm-hmm. on that car. And then he sold it, and he said that was one of the best cars I owned. Um, so yeah. I remembered that when I saw the listing, I thought, well, that's, that's a good one, isn't it? But 350,000 US, it's really, but one owner. Pretty rare though. Very rare. And very, very, very um, rare. Those, those sports seats are amazing. When I had my, um, 964 and my 993, um, these, um, sports seats, the sort of softback sports seats, as mm. opposed to the hardback versions mm. were the ones that everybody kind of raved about and everybody was sort of, um, trying to sort of source but um there weren't a lot of them yeah it's a beautiful it doesn't have any um any uh logo at the back though it doesn't have the model designation on the back it's just plain yeah it always had um these are aftermarket stickers aren't they and then it's got club sport on the front uh front fender i don't know whether that's how it came no i think it's how no, it, it came doesn't look like it cs club sport i think it came from porsche like that doesn't that look like a carbon sticker? <laughs> mm, I don't know. I think this car's pretty original. I mean, it'd be interesting to know who the, who the owner is, but one owner. Yeah. You see the back seats where the back seats have been removed and see how it's got that panel and it's got the big holes underneath? The, yeah, they're storage boxes. Yeah. Yeah. It's but pretty it's, cool. And then underneath, they've got a picture of the underbody and it's still got the original, um, the original uh, you know, finish on the underbody. Like it's just, mm. it's just like a time capsule. It's like a time capsule. Anyway, I thought that was pretty interesting. I saw that earlier today. Uh, it just came up should in the buy email. It, yeah, I think someone should buy it. If someone's listening to the podcast and has 350000 go over to Cooper Classics and buy that car. Um, Where, where's this in New York? Yeah, it's in, he's a, he's a guy in New York that he used to work for movies and he used to like, he's been in Law and Order and stuff, the guy that owns it. 
Um, they had that right. blue 912 E that I liked that you didn't like with the white wheels that look kind of safari-ish, yeah. which they still yeah, have yeah, for yeah. 45,000. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they have, you know, Ferraris and they've got other Porsches and stuff. It's just a really small dealer in, I think it's in Greenwich. I think it's in Greenwich in right. New York. It's like in the middle of New York. Um, yeah. But I, I always look at it. I, I signed up to his email list and I always look at it because he does get some interesting cars in because obviously he has some um, good clientele. Mm. Very but, nice. Yeah, but that's a good one. That's a very, very special one. Um, yep. I watched that video the other night, last night. Did you watch it? The, the Nick Murray one on the Taycan base? Nope. It's interesting, you know. What did he say? Well, he said it's great, actually. He said, you know, oh, okay. he's back onto his usual thing. And the thing that we talk about is that maybe base is best. You know what I mean? Um, right. So he basically thought it was really, really good. Uh but it, it kind of just made me think again about, you know, like, do you need all the bells and whistles on a Porsche? Do you need to go to the top of the line? Do you need to get, you know, you know, the battery is not as good in that Taycan apparently. I mean, I don't know much about mm. them. I shouldn't really be talking about them. But the battery is not as good. But because it's it just got the engine in the rear, um, you know, it's, it's still pretty powerful. You know what I mean? It's still yeah. pretty powerful, even though the Turbo S is... Uh, and I think the range is about, even though it's only got the lower capacity battery, I think the range, he said, is the same as a Turbo S. Um, oh, is it? Is it the same? I thought it was... Uh, I don't read that much about it, but I thought it was actually kind of worse. It's funny because I've sort of heard some mixed reviews. Some people sort of said that it was quite good, but then others have kind of gone, uh, why would you? Like, um, it's um, a Tesla is so much better, like for yeah. comparable money kind of thing. I think the Porsche is better. I think the Porsche is better, I no but I think they. I think I keep coming back and harping on this this charging network. I think Porsche's charging network is. I still keep seeing these videos online, and I keep thinking the charging network is not up to scratch. I think it would yep. concern me unless you have a house and you have a proper thing, and you're only going to charge at your house at your home. Then I think it's probably okay. Um, I yep. think quality wise, it's good. I think the Taycan looks good. I'd love to see it in those other colors, like that frozen berry and the frozen metallic. I, I think. Oh, actually. <laughs> I saw my first one when I was driving uh, to see my parents two weeks ago, and I think it was um, that light kind of golf blue or mycin blue. It was a very interesting color. Yeah, that's color. A, that's the best color. Don't you think that's the best um, color? Not, it's not normally my favorite color, but it definitely caught my eye. It's like, oh wow, Taycan sort of driving around in, um, you know, in the suburbs. So I would cool. definitely get. I would definitely get one of those in a color. The Taycan, mm -hmm. I think it has to be. That one that Nick Murray did the review on in the grey, you know, he hates grey. It was boring as hell, man, like in that grey. It looks terrible. I saw right. a bl I've only seen a black one. That's all I've seen in the Taycan. I've seen a black oh, okay. uh, Actually, no, I've seen a black one and I've seen a silver one. The black right. one looked better than the silver, but that's the only two yep. that I've seen to date. And they were, I think they were Turbo S or Turbo or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I think if I was looking at a Taycan, I probably wouldn't get the base. I'd probably still get the the 4S or whatever you call it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Not that I'm buying one. Um, I saw <laughs> I saw another article. Did you see the uh, – I just sent it to you earlier, actually. Um, mm -hmm. Here I was, and I, I thought we had the conversation, but maybe it was with Ajma when we are talking about the perfect car, or maybe it was on an owner's stories. Steve, I can't remember. Um, was this I was your just, conversation with Ajmal about the um, one Porsche to do it all? It could be. And I said that, you know, I, even though my car, I like my car, mm -hmm. you, I was just saying, you know, that the 997.2 Carrera S, if you could get a Carrera 2S 997.2 in manual, it would be a pretty yep. good car to keep. 
You know what I mean? Yep. Just that little bit more um, power. You know what I mean? I'm not saying mine is not powerful enough, but you know what I mean? It's not... And of course, the GT3 is a different level, right? But I'm just saying to get that little bit of extra power. And the reason why I wouldn't mention the GTS in Australia, as you know, the GTS 997 in Australia only came in PDK. It never came in manual. PDK. Yeah. Yep. Um, so that's why that's ruled out. It's not like in the UK where it came in manual. Mm-hmm. Um, and Paul from New Zealand, he, you know, he brought his in, his in from UK and, and brought it into New Zealand. He's got the manual one. Um, yeah. Who was on an earlier owner's stories. But I think the 997.2S is a, is a pretty good car if you're looking for one, if you can find one and if you can find one in, mod, in manual. And this article that they're I really just found. They're really rare, aren't they? Yeah, they're really rare. They're very hard to find. And that article I just found, the Porsche, and it was titled, the article, the Porsche 997.2 Carrera 2S, the sweet spot yep. of modern 911s and why every petrol head should own one. Um, so to the listeners, if you want to go and look at that article, um, I should be able to tell you where it is, but I can't find my page now, but I will find it. It's um, hotcars.com. Oh, is that what it's called? <laughs> okay, I don't, yeah. know if, I don't know if you can rely upon that website. Sorry. Um, <laughs> is that for real? Okay. I've never heard of it. <laughs> I've never heard of this website. Steve's right. It's called hotcars.com. Uh, Porsche 997.2 Carrera 2S, a sweet spot of modern 911s. Um, but I it think- is a common thing that's said, though. Like, everybody keeps... Um, Particularly when 992 kind of came out, everybody keeps banging on about how 997 seems to be, in their opinion, the perfect size, that 991 got a little bit too big and 992's gotten even bigger. And in terms of um, its uh, non-electric steering, it's still hydraulic kind of steering and all that sort of stuff. So it seems to have uh, raised the profile and the appreciation for a 997 um, more and more. Um, it's interesting between the Gen 2 and the Gen 1 um, I still prefer the looks of a Gen 1 as opposed to Gen 2 I didn't really like the detailing in the in the lights but um, I think if you had either one it um, you wouldn't be complaining yeah and I think if people are looking for something a bit more special if they can find a 997.2 Carrera 2S in manual I think yeah buy it get it but you know they're very hard yeah. to come by. Even in the UK, I don't see them come up very often. And when they do, they're always priced at a premium. And in Australia, we know they're always priced at a premium. Um, it's height of the um, global recession, wasn't it? The GFC. Yes. And, um, pretty much when they were there, so not many people kind of got into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, why did I want to bring that up? I was talking to um, who was I talking to? Luke, actually, Luke, who's coming up in a upcoming owner stories from Brisbane. And he was saying, oh, you know, I'm pretty yeah. sure it was Luke, actually. Luke, if I'm wrong, please excuse me. No, I'm pretty sure it was Luke. And we're talking about the car value of cars. He's got a um, – I'm not going to say what he's got because he's coming up in owner stories. But we're talking about 997 price. He was talking about 997. He said, oh, the prices have gone up. Yeah. You know, when you come back to Australia, your car's worth a lot more. I'm pretty sure it was yeah. Luke. I hope it was Luke. It's the only person from Australia I've spoken to recently, so it must have been Luke. Um, yeah. And it has, though. The prices – I mean, I know I harped on about this last week and the week before, but – I'm really surprised how much the prices seem to have jumped, Steve. You know, 996 prices yeah. and 997 prices, they jumped. So your GT3 must have really been pushed up by this too. It has to have been pushed up. I think prices in general. Are, and um, Redbook is maybe. up. Redbook is up. And you know how low Redbook prices are. Redbook is like Blue Book in the US for people listening. Um, yeah. Redbook price of my car is up. I mean, it's a stupid yeah. price. I'm not even going to mention how much it is because it's the most ridiculous price, but it's up by about seven grand, I think. 
used value, used cars in general have kind of all gone up because everybody's, you know, like all the sort of people that are slightly more immune to the pandemic have been spending their cash and, you know, there's lower supply and all of these sorts of reasons. So apparently used cars just across the board. Um, Porsches, I don't know, there seems to be less of them. I don't, I probably don't look at the classifieds as much as you. Like I sort of follow more, I, I definitely follow the GT3 market. Um, just fun, but I don't necessarily kind of follow the rest of them. But because my cousin-in-law Marco, hello Marco, and his lovely wife, um, my cousin, um, apparently every time I say that um, his budget goes up. Really? <laughs> so the more that we can, yeah. Um, but um, uh, I started to kind of look, you know, just because Marco's sort of been talking about it, and yeah, like just. Um, the prices like your the the equivalent to your car, like you mentioned, those two that were sort of there and they're yeah. like significantly higher. But yeah. um doesn't seem like the quality of the kind of cars out there doesn't seem like there are kind of great examples as well. Just like No, no know, but even the nine nine sixes though, Steve, even the nine nine sixes that are selling for eighty thousand, seventy nine thousand, you yeah. look at the interior, the quality they're high mileage and the quality, the condition is bad. I'm sorry, the condition yeah. is bad. I would not spend that much. Not that I wouldn't well, spend that much for a 996, but I wouldn't spend that much for a 996 in that condition. Yeah, I think that's one of the down... To me, like, aesthetically, that's one of the downsides to a, um, a 996 or even, like, a, a 997. I think I would include that. Um, if they're not sort of... If the owner hasn't been kind of careful and it's racked up a couple hundred thousand K, like, the interiors show it. Like, they I, really do show it. Actually, I do want to give away um, Luke coming up in Owner Stories. Uh, mm. I think Luke is next week. It could be next week. Um, he's got a um, cab, 996 cab. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. But he's got GT3 seats in it. Oh, right. The, <laughs> it looks really cool, the picture. It looks really cool, yeah. The 996 GT3 seats? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he somehow yeah, cool. got them from someone that had a pair that I think he got them at a good price, but they look uh, they look really good in a, in a, yeah. in the cab. They work really well. I don't know because you can see them, you know. There was a time where those seats were actually kind of quite. Um, they were a lot easier to find. I remember when I had my nine nine three, um, and you'd sort of look for seats. They'd kind of pop up quite a bit, um, but I think. Now, same thing. It's funny. Porsche seats seems to be these things that also kind of appreciate and kind of get so expensive, and more though, aren't they? After. They're so expensive. Yeah. Those seats. I mean, I, I remember yeah. when you had your one M. You bought the seats for your one M, didn't you? They must have cost you a fortune as yeah. well, because they were no, the proper. Because they were Recaro seats. They weren't BMW seats. No. So the BMW, the equip, the the factory BMW seats were basically just Recaro Sportsters, and they kind of just embroidered a logo into it. Um, so unlike, I think Porsche seats are obviously still Recaro made, but Custom. they're not the exact same seat off the shelf kind of thing. Like they oh, obviously right. kind of build a model for Porsche. So they're not, they're not exactly the same. They're right. kind of fairly close, but my 1M seats were, um, sort of identical. They were Recaro Sportsters. They weren't too bad. Like they kind of still came in. I think they came in at about. Oh, I think a brand new one's about two and a half. Okay. Um, wow. Yeah, which isn't, 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 well, compared to like the seat in my car now, which is like, what, 20 something? 30 grand or something, aren't they? Yeah. Well, it's, it's a carbon though, they're carbon backed. 
So what happened? Uh, tell me about the, the what happened with your mate, and he did a track day at the Porsche, Porsche mm. um, South Sydney. You attempted to go, yeah, or yeah, you yeah. just couldn't do it. So, uh, I would have loved to have gone, but um, baby's still too young, and abandoning my wife um, for an entire day just sort of felt a little bit selfish, reckless, whatever. Um, so, yeah, my mate with the GT3, similar to mine, got an invite. Um, it might, it may have been through his father-in-law, but Porsche South Sydney um, obviously run a, a schedule of um, track days out at um, what used to be Eastern Creek, Sydney Motorsport Park or whatever. Um, so he went out there. He, so he invited me to kind of go along, but um, I didn't go. Um, and he was raving about it. He just sort of sent me a little little description of kind of what he did and what he learnt and um, some photos of some of the other cars out there. Um, obviously lots of kind of proper um, enthusiasts. There seemed to be a few um, GT cars. Um, and um, it's one of those ones where they kind of put you in groups like ranging from beginner, intermediate and whatever it is, expert Um and they put an instructor next to you. So you're kind of getting tips on how to kind of go faster and all of that sort of stuff. So it's free? Um, look, no. Oh. I think <laughs> it's, free. it's free. Uh, I think it's free if you buy a car from, or and a particular car from Porsche South Sydney. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, yes. So he felt okay so, doing that with Porsche South Sydney because he doesn't really have much affiliation with them or was it all okay? Yeah, cool. anybody, I think anybody can do it too. Like um, you know, like when you're back, we could kind of go and do do it or do a Willoughby Day kind yeah. of thing. I got um, my money, mate. You just have to kind of pay for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's tempting. All these track days, you know, hearing uh, you know James from Porsche Platz and who's been doing it for years, hearing John talking about it, you know, doing it in his um, M2 and then wanting to do it in his GT3 and having done yeah, it in his other cars and doing Nurburgring. I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, and I. Uh, you said that I would. Um, John from Norway's kind of story and yeah. how he kind of gets out. He obviously knows what he's doing in his car as well. Yeah. Um, no, you John. can sort of tell by the mods and everything that he's done on his um, GT3. No, John sent me a message last night actually um, through f- Facebook Messenger, which mm-hmm. I always take a long time to respond because I never see them. Um, mm-hmm. Just asked me how the podcast went, and it went really, really well. Everyone enjoyed it. I got a lot of messages saying people enjoyed it. I noticed some on the post there was people commenting. He said he got a lot of feedback. Um, it was a good story. You know what I mean? I mean, he's built himself up to that to that car. I mean, he likes driving. Yeah. He's in the you know he's in the automotive industry. He works for Maguire. You know, he's quite you know he works in Maguire's in Norway, and it's just like his car and. I know yellow is not everyone's favorite color, but I just think his car in Norway, it just looks so damn cool. It just looks yeah, right in it. that environment yeah. with the buildings and the landscape. And it's just, it just looks, it just looks fantastic. Uh, and it was a really good yeah. story. And really, you know, as I said before, John's a really nice guy and it was a really good chat. But it was interesting, his point of view about, um, you know, he had some nice cars and then he was a little bit uh, reserved about kind yeah. of putting his car on the track. And I've been like that for, you know, 20, 30 years. Yeah, it was well. like, like yeah, it was like what you say. Yeah, it was a similar thing. Yeah. That's what I thought was interesting. It was a similar thing. Yeah, so exactly that kind of feeling of, uh, you know, like your baby, your car, all of that sort of stuff. Um, I don't think I'd be that great on a track. I think with some instruction, I'd be kind of cool. But um, maybe we've talked a little bit about it before, but... Um, you know, listening to that story and listening to my mate kind of go. Um, admittedly, 
um, when my mate sort of explained like his experience at the um, Porsche South Sydney kind of track day, I sort of thought, ah, oh, there are quite a few cars there and stuff like that. And I think for me, part of the pressure of sort of having a GT3 and then sort of, you know, taking to the track, you know, I think probably everybody would expect you to kind of know what you're doing and um, all of that sort of stuff. But I kind of feel like I'd definitely be in the um, novice group to kind of um, the beginners group to start with. Yeah, I think so. that's okay though. It's just because you've got that, that full on track car that people think you're going to be like the master. You exactly. Know? That's what it is. See, yeah. With me, there's less pressure because I'm just in a Carrera. So people think, oh, you know, he doesn't really know what he's doing. So it's actually, um, <laughs> it's actually okay for me. Well, see, and like I was looking into it because my mate, sort of has been trying to figure out like he he bought his gt3 with the view of kind of taking it to the track here and there i don't know how much he intends to kind of go um you know like i've always sort of thought maybe maybe not um i think it would need to be sort of like the kind of right environment and this sort of goes back a little bit to what sort of john was saying where he kind of said oh you know you wouldn't take your gt3 to um the nordschleifer <laughs> you know as the first kind of as your first track outing um there's a place down in, uh, there's a group in Wakehurst, you know, down in Goulburn where I think you can jump into like a MX-5, um, a Toyota GT86. I think they even have some 911s. So you could potentially kind of do the morning in their car and then, um, you know, sort of get the basics and then kind of graduate to your own car. So smash their that, car and crash their car and then <laughs> get into your car and you know what you're hardly, doing. Hardly. <laughs> Once you pay the insurance back. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I, it's it's really uh, for somebody like me, like because all these things have kind of come up. It's like, oh, I think I'd really, really like to kind of have a go. Um, I would love to kind of do it, but just buy an MX five um, and then don't do it in your GT three. Just buy a Miata MX five. Uh, I think the point. Eventually, you pretty much want to get your, you know, like you you included. I, I I think the whole point to kind of having it is that you do actually put your nine eleven on the track, so you actually do understand the limits of it and all that. Mm. No, but, I'd like to. Um, I'd like to. I want to go. Yeah. I'm going to do a long drive. I told you this before. I'm going to go. I'm going to drive to um, Melbourne, and I'm going to drive oh. to. I might even drive north as well. I don't know. I'm going to go to Melbourne for yeah. sure. I've already said that, and I mentioned it to a couple of people down there that I, I'm definitely going to go down to Melbourne. Uh, Hopefully when it's I get back. Drive. Hopefully when I get back in June. But it may not be June now, it might be a little bit later with all the other stuff going on. But um Yeah, right. See what happens. Hey, you know, it's funny and we're not gonna really talk about this in depth, but you know, um hmm. Steve and I, I'll just tell the listeners, Steve, but we have these little notes that Steve adds to and, and things that we could talk about. Hmm. And um one of them was, uh, which we were gonna which we kinda was I was kinda thinking we'd talk about it in today's podcast, but you know, we're we're at we're probably not going to have enough time and we probably don't have enough to talk about. But the one that got away, you know what I mean? The Porsche that got away. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, I've been thinking about it as we've been talking, Steve, and I, I think it kind of yeah. works well to the point that every time I do an owner's stories, um, you know, when we always say to people, you know, you, your thing about buy the seller, know this buy the seller, yep. isn't it, that you say? Yep, yep. So many people repeat that to me when I do owner stories and people repeat it to me when they message me about how you say that and, you know, buy the seller and don't wait, you know, buy the 911, buy the Porsche. You can afford and buy it now and don't wait. You know what I mean? Yep. yep. And I know we keep harping on about it. And after 91, 92 episodes, I think we're up to now on the Porsche School podcast, you know, we keep saying it. Mm -hmm. um, and we keep, you know, Steve and I always say we're not experts, are we, Steve? We're just enthusiasts. Um, and I know you guys listen to us and we really do appreciate that, you know, you, you, you take us seriously and you think we, you know, we have, have knowledge and, 
Oh, you know, <laughs> I don't know if we bits do enough bits of knowledge. Um, but it is it is humbling and it is it is good. But I was thinking about this today. You know, this Porsche hunting for a Porsche and and you know, and I don't know the ones that got away. And I've always spoken about it for me. You know, and mm-hmm. and it's kind of reinforced this week because at the moment. And without getting too much into my personal side of it, but you know, as you know, I'm, I mean, I'm yep. not, I'm on hold at the moment because I'm, I'm trying yep. to sell something in in London, and until that yep. happens, I can't really buy the 912 or or buy another Porsche. Um, You're not selling your wife, are you? No, no. Because <laughs> um, I quite like her; she's good. Yeah, but you know what? You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's kind of, it's. I find it really difficult because it's like, you know, that you can afford it. Mm-hmm. You can afford it, but it's just not the right time. And I think this happens to everyone. And I, I know when I talk to people in Onistra, it's not like it's not always like you don't have the money. It's like you have a priority, and the priority overrules it, and you miss out on these cars. And I keep on mm-hmm. missing out on nine good nine twelves. I really do. I keep missing out on nine twelves. You know, let's not yeah, not right. even talk about the nine nine six turbos and then and the nine nine six GT threes. I've missed out GT3s. on threes. You know. Yeah. Not that long ago. It doesn't seem like that long ago. But the 912s, I keep missing out of them. And, you know, there's a green one on Bring a Trailer, Steve. And it's, I think it's sitting, I don't think it's finished yet. I think it's sitting at 65K. So it seems like 65,000 is getting to be the price that a lot of these better 912s are selling for. Um, yeah, right. European collectibles had the, the two white ones that I've mentioned, the 68 and the 69. And, you know, if I was ready, you know, and you know what it's like. If you're ready, like you told me, when you bought your GT3, you just bought it straight away. You know, you just wanted to give the guy the deposit oh. straight out because you knew you, but you were ready and you knew you'd miss out. These two nine, well, these two nine twelves. Let me just finish the two nine twelves. Yep. You know, I had a period of probably ten days where I could have had the choice of either of those cars, right? Yep. And yep. it kills me when I look on the site now and they're both gone. Like they're both sold. <laughs> you know what I mean? It does. It, it kills me a little bit. And I think back to, to that same thing where, you know, the 996.2 GT3 in, in seal grey, which was the only one delivered to Australia that was for sale in Byron Bay, that was 90, 95,000 or something that I didn't, didn't buy. Then there was the, yep. oh, you know, there were so many. There were so many. There was you know speed what I mean? yellow GT3 at Autohouse. That came up twice. Yeah, well. speed yellow at Autohouse. The grey one, the seal yeah. grey one in Byron Bay was an interesting one, even though it's a boring colour for a lot of people. It was, I remember I looked oh, at the cool. numbers of delivered and there was only one or two delivered. Yeah. And then I think yeah. there was a silver one that came up. You know, then there was the turbo, the black turbos, you know, which were cheaper than the GT3s. You know, that's going back a few years. But even now, the same thing is happening. You know what I mean? And, you know. Um, well, so I, I was about to say, like, the difference between you and I when it comes to car buying, we slightly differ in that regard because I reckon I, uh, once I kind of get something in my brain, then I just kind of go and do it. So I'm a lot, um, but you know how you just sort of said, well, sometimes you kind of know that you've kind of got the money, um, but the timing isn't quite right. I'm actually the opposite. <laughs> I never have the money. It's more that I'm just kind of going, oh, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to sink myself into debt and no. I'll think about I'll think about the ramification of it sort of later. And I'm not uh, being kind of no. modest or weird or whatever. It, that That's how it's always been like with um, my car ownership, which is like, I start thinking about a car, then I just kind of go, oh, you know what, I might as well, like, if I trade in this car, can I just stretch enough to kind of get the other one? Um, there's no kind of cash reserve sitting there. And then 
I've always had that kind of weird attitude of, oh, you know what, like, just go and get it and then you'll figure out, like, you figure know. Figure it like, out later. You're not being kind of crazy reckless, but um, <laughs> trying to work out. It's still a lot the, of money. It's still yeah, a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. I don't so know. I just, it just made me think that it was a different point of view to what you had just sort of said, yeah. which is, and maybe that's why going back to when we were going to just sort of lightly touch on the topic of um, the ones that got away, I actually don't have many ones that got away or I don't have any ones that got away because I bought my 964 not on a whim, but, you know, um, I talked about it before. My uncle kind of said, hey, there's his car. Let's go and have a look. And the same thing happened with a 993. It's not like I kind of went and drove numerous other ones. Um, it was just like this kind of good example of a car that I really like. And then once I kind of drove it, it's like, now I really like it. And you know what, I'm just going to go and get it. Um, and same thing with GT3. I only looked at a test drove one other. And then I think I saw one, but I wasn't quick enough. And then you I missed out on a couple though, it. didn't you, at GT3s? I remember, you, was it a red one? No, there weren't that many that didn't came you up. Miss yeah, out there was on, a red one. I remember you missed out on one. You said I should have acted quicker and you didn't. And then you you got your white one not mm. long after, didn't you? You found the white one not yeah. long after. Yeah, but it wasn't like, because um, I think I would remember if there was one that like, you know, I had looked at and then I sort of ummed and art about it and then I put a low offer in and then somebody else snaffled it up. I've never... I've never really had that um, that kind of experience. And just going off the back of that, sorry, Marco, this isn't aimed at you as well, but I suspect because they're getting rarer and they're appreciating and all of that sort of stuff, like I kind of get the feeling that once you find a good car and you know in your brain that that's the one that you want, there's not much point kind of messing around and trying to kind of, you know, uh, lowball and stuff like that because I just don't think yeah. I don't think you, yeah. they, I doubt very much in this market at the moment there is such a thing as a cheap 993 no. I never think that you'll be able to get a bargain like, don't bargain everybody I mean, knows what the yeah if you see the one if one comes up and it's a it, it's a manual 993 and it comes up and it's in decent colour and decent condition and the price is around yeah. that 150 mark you know what I mean 993s yeah. if it's somewhere around 140 150 just take it yeah yeah. I, I wouldn't bargain. There's no point squabbling over like no, five grand no, or whatever. No, not at all. At not at all. I think you'll lose if that's the kind of case. Yeah, you'll lose. And, you know, like I said, when I bought my 997, you know, and I'm, I haven't hidden the price of it, that, you know, it cost me $88,000, right? My 997 mm, cost 88000 mm. Australian dollars. Um, it's still worth 88000 Australian dollars today. You know what I mean? More Four years that, later, yeah. it's worth more than yeah. that. But let's say conservatively, yeah. I can still get my money back, even what I put yeah. into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and when I bought that car, as you know, I mean, it wasn't like I had $90,000 lying around and I paid cash for it, no. but it wasn't like it was just yep. lying around. I had to use some out of, you know, yep. well, I used some out of, the, out, of, out of extra mortgage money and I used savings. Yep. I mean, now, yep. this is the thing I, fought, I struggle with now, Stephen, without getting yep. too in-depth, but, you know, now I have yeah, the ability yeah. due to, you know, working in Bahrain and working offshore and... You know, I have the ability yeah, yeah. to be able to buy something easier, you know what I mean, yes. easier, and then I can't. And this is what I get frustrated about because I keep harping on about, you know, buy the nine, buy, buy it now, buy it now, don't wait, and I'm doing the mm. direct opposite. You know what I mean? I'm doing Slightly the Slightly harder though because if, if you're talking about a car that's effectively going to live in Sydney, um, you know, like... But it's my second car. See, this is the thing which... And I think mm. this is the difference. If you're looking for your first 911 or your first Porsche... 
you know, you shouldn't yep. hesitate. You should just do it. You should, you know, if you can't afford that 996 for 70 grand and you can afford a, a Boxster for 50 grand, then you should buy the Boxster and then get the 996 later if you can. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're happy with that. Um, mm. But the thing is when it becomes your second car, I guess you get a little bit more sort of, you feel a little bit more sort of, I don't know, what's the word? <laughs> Excessive. Yeah, sure. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I got a you. bit over the top, you know. Um, but yeah. you know, I'm not worried about the value of nine twelves. I know you, you say, "Oh, they're worth it." That's too much money. There's too much money. But you know as well, they're not going to mm. they're not going to go down in value. They're not going to no, no, no. they're not going to lose money. So even if you pay sixty k for it US, you know what I mean? It's not going to lose money. No, and it's not so much. Um, I think you know, like in all these kind of conversations, uh, when you talk about value, I guess that's sort of um, physical kind of money cost kind of thing whereas I'm kind of going oh you know like for x number of dollars what are you kind of getting back from it not just from a financial kind of point of view but you know like so call it a hundred grand kind of thing uh for me personally if I had a hundred grand and I could kind of go out and buy a second 911 I don't think I would put that into a 912. But what would you buy though? What would you buy if you're going to buy a second 911 and you had a hundred grand budget? Um, I'd probably look at some sort of kind of bigger engine Boxster. I don't think it would stretch to a Spider of any sort of sort, obviously. So maybe a Boxster. Um, I'd sort of look hard into whatever kind of um, air-cooled, but see, this is where I wasn't kind of keeping track of things, and then because my cousin-in-law... is now sort of having a look. It's like, oh, geez, like 100 grand doesn't buy you much, does it? Really does not buy you a hell of a lot. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there were a couple of good nine. There was a good 993 that came up a while back that was in, mm-hmm. down in Kayama, was green, had tan seats. It sat there for ages. Yep. There was also a 964 who now someone on YouTube, which came up for sale in Victoria, that someone in YouTube who does a YouTube channel bought it. That was okay. a reasonable one, which was like very genuine car. Uh, which he's yep. modified. I'm not going to mention who it is, um, but that 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 was a really good one when it came up. I remember there was a black 964, and this is when there was still 964s were still 140 to 150, which is only when yep. I first went to Bahrain. So yep. I guess that was a year and a half, two years ago. So, yeah, okay. You know what I mean? But see now yep. the 964s, you know, they jumped even higher. They're going over the 150. 993s mm. was sitting there too. Nine, I remember there was a 993 for about 130, actually. There was a blue one for 130. Mm. But I don't think you get one for 130 now. Not a Carrera, remember, Carrera 2 um, manual. Can you remember the asking price of my old 993? So the very last one hundred and twenty nine thousand. Was it? Okay. So, I don't know. Which is cheap. got let go for... That's cheap. Well, pretend they let it go for maybe one twenty, not one twenty nine. Yeah, but if they sold that, resold that now, it's more than one twenty nine thousand now. See, that's the thing. In is a it? small yeah. amount of time, that's changed. It was one twenty nine, wasn't yeah. it? One twenty nine or one thirty nine? I can't remember. I can't remember. I think it was one twenty nine, and it sit there for it sat for a little while, didn't it? It didn't sell straight away. Yeah, it didn't sell straight away yeah. because of the modifications that were it's done polarizing because it. of the mods. Yeah, like I think most people kind of go out there and want to um, sort of get something strictly original. No, sort of I. Which... I said to Tasha, I said, you know, that car, that old Steve's old car, is really tempting. 
like it yeah. was. I was think, in my head. I was thinking. Oh man, if I had the cash. And then I thought that'd be really weird. And I said, I don't think I could do that to Steve anyway. Even if I wanted to, like have no, your no, whole car, but you would see it. No, my cousin. My cousin said exactly the same thing. Like on a text um, the other day as well, which is like if my old nine nine three came back up, it's like yeah, it was perfect. That car was properly sorted. Yeah. Um, the the mods aren't to everybody's sort of taste, but like some of the cosmetic things, you can sort of swap. Um, sort of super easy but the mechanical things um, in all reality like if you kind of go and buy a 993 you're going to go and do that sort of thing anyway so I think it's kind of crazy like um, uh, one of the auto house guys told me that um, one of the previous or prospective buyers of that car wanted to kind of turn it all back and it's like you're mad like because you don't want to go back to a dead stock 993 and it was done really well you did it really well I mean, I yeah. guess, you know, this is the stories, you know, the ones that got away. I mean, don't be one of those, don't be like us or be like me talking about it, you know. Like I said, if we, like we keep harping on about, if you find one now and you, can, and you can afford it and you can stretch to do it, you should do it because Porsches are never going to go down in value. They're never going to depreciate, are they, Steve? Unless you buy a brand new, know. a I brand new so. one. But anything that's, yeah. anything that's a little bit older, 996, 964, 993, 997, you know, they're all bottomed out now. They're all back on the. They're all going back up, aren't they? I mean, the it's happening. going up in price. No, they used an nine ones going up in price. They're, no, they're still, they're still quite low. kind of going down. Yeah, yeah they're still okay. quite low. There was a really, um, there was a really good nine nine one for sale. Actually, it was PDK. Uh, mm-hmm. It had a lift kit. There's one for sale actually at the moment, um, and I think it's two hundred and ten k Aussie, but it's really yeah. well specced. It's got carbon. It's got lift kit. It's got sports exhaust. It's got, I, th- I think it was a PDK. Maybe it was a manual. No, I think it's a PDK. That's the only thing. It's PDK, right. but a really, yep. really well spec example. And it's a, it's the new one, point two, and it's two hundred and fifteen. Mm-hmm. And I thought that seems very cheap for a point two. Yeah, I don't even. I've, I've got no yeah. idea of. No, um, I don't know either. Kind of prices, sort of thing. Yeah. But you know, I mean, I mean, I guess nine nine ones will still keep dropping a little bit. They'll come down a bit, but. Um, GT3 prices in 991s and 991.2s, 991.2s haven't come down. They still seem to be quite yeah. high, so they're not dropping. Well, they won't. No. Yeah. Uh, when are 992 GT3 deliveries, they're starting now? They sort of see the odd kind of thing. I don't know if they started or um, was that a press car? Because I noticed Magnus Walker just put something on Instagram and he's got that Shark Blue car. And then I noticed yeah. online that um, they said that Shark Blue is now available in other Porsches as a color to order. It's not just for the oh, GT3. Okay. So you can order a Shark Blue. Not my favorite. Yeah, Shark Blue 992. I think you can order it in a Carrera S if you want a Carrera S in Shark Blue. Yeah, definitely not my favorite. Anyway, there's always the stories. Um, anyway, we're getting a little bit distracted, but there's always stories um, getting off track. I should say there's always stories of the one that got away. Like I said, for me, it was the turbos. It was the GT. It was the GT3s. Lately, it's the 912s. I know there's people listening, like Ajmal and uh, Nick at Classic Series, saying just buy one. I get lots of <laughs> you know lots of people. You know, I get lots of a lot of the people have been on owner stories. A lot of people I've you know become friends with and chatting with. You know, they've all um, they all send me links to to nine twelves. You know, I, I always get a lot of really good nine mm. twelves that come through. Some I've seen and some I haven't seen. Steve, some are on Facebook Marketplace, which I don't never really look at in the UK. And people yeah, send me, yeah, people Same. send me a car on there which I've never seen or some random site um, in Europe. Um, but they're out there. They're out there. So I just have to think, get my um, together. What do you think would happen? Like, I know uh, uh, the sort of situation that you're sort of talking about, but put that aside for a second and just kind of go, 
Um, part of it is that you're, you know, you're sort of traveling a lot. You've been in Bahrain, you're now in London. Um, I'm assuming this car would live in sort of Sydney. So just pretend for a, for a second that a car kind of came up online, whether it was out of um, Beverly Hills or that New York place or whatever. Yeah. You really, really liked it and you kind of went, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to get it. And you got it. Yep. Do you think that you'd kind of freak out and wig out about it? Yep. I don't reckon you would. I'd have remorse. You would? I always have buyer's remorse. Buyer's remorse, you reckon? I always have it for a second. I never want to look at things. I'm very weird like that. I don't want to get, I shouldn't get into it. But, you know, even with watches, like I, I, sometimes I, I don't wear them for a couple of months when I buy them. Like I'll buy them and I won't really wear them. Yeah, and then yeah, I'll yeah, yeah. then I'll okay. start like I've only just like I literally wore my Explorer two for the first time today. Like I probably wore it when I went out to the shops. I actually wore it outside. Right, I, I was actually going to ask you that, but anyway, yeah, um, no, I wore it because I, I I get a bit. It's very weird. Like I'll Tasha laughs at me, my wife laughs at me because I'll I'll even buy a pair of shoes, you know, some you know sneakers or whatever expensive, and I'll yeah, buy yeah, them yeah. and I'll look at them and I'll leave them in the box for maybe a couple of weeks before I actually even wear them. I won't wear them yeah. straight away. I, I kind of sit on them as well. I kind of sit on them. Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so going back to like calling a 912, like if you kind of went and did that, like pretend you found one tomorrow, yep. you bought it because it's still got to get shipped to Sydney and all of that sort of yep. stuff. Like, um, and again, like pretend hypothetically the um, the money sort of part of it wasn't sort of like a massive issue. Yep. Um, I, you wouldn't sort of go, you wouldn't kind of wind yourself up and stress yourself out kind of massively on that, would you? Because then you just no. kind of get yourself in this headspace of then wanting to, you know, do all the research and the hobby of kind of tinkering with it and sort of, you know, messing around with it. Yeah, no. Which I, does, is obviously hard because you're on the side of the planet, but. Yeah. I've already decided, I know you think I should get something, yeah. but I've already decided I'll, I will get a 912. If yeah, I could yeah, stretch yeah. it, if I could stretch it, you know, I would be tempted by a 911T. Um, yep. I am very attracted to that one that um, European Collectibles has in silver. I mean, I like the cars yep. he's been getting in at the moment and he's been doing videos on all of them. You should have a look at his YouTube yep. channel, actually, European Collectibles. He's been doing videos on them. They're not great videos, but you can right. hear the car drive. And that 911T yep. has got a really great sound to it. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, 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 I've already made, you know, it's, it's been such a long time now that I've already made my decision. Mm. It's already made. Um, Natasha doesn't really. Mm-hmm. She still doesn't think it. it she's not completely convinced <laughs> she it's the right car. She should get a singer instead. <laughs> well, she doesn't completely think it's the right car. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I know it's right, and I know it's right if I've got the nine nine seven. It's right. You know what I mean. But I also yep. understand yep. that yep. to have a car like this needs attention, and you can't really leave it for long periods. And it means that mm-hmm. I really do have to be in Sydney to, to enjoy it. Um, the okay. fact about buying one in the UK that people in the UK have said, why don't you get one in the UK? I would love to do that. Like if I found one in the UK and there are some in the UK that come up and I would love to do that because I would love to keep it here and then, and drive through um, Italy and drive sure. through Europe with it. I'd love to do that. You know what I mean? Get it sorted yep. Yep. and trust it. And hopefully it doesn't break down and, 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 and do a European trip. I would love to do that. And even, you know, meet up with people here who, who might want to do it and do it. I think that would be a fantastic to, thing to do over summer. But I can't mm-hmm. see really this summer being any different to last summer with COVID. I don't yeah. think anything's going to change that quickly. So yeah. I don't think that's, you know, I don't think that's really going to happen. Cards, yeah. yeah, it's not really going to be on the cards to do. So, you know, yeah. I'm still keen on getting one sent to Australia. 
I kind of know the process. I've looked up shippers. You know, European collectibles guy will do it because I asked him a question before about the other car and he kind of said they will look, they can look after it for you or you can get mm-hmm. your own person. I kind of know the costs that are involved. You know, yeah. if you get it sent to order house, Steve, you know, they will do the, um, what do you call it? The thing to get it registered to make sure everything's sorted. Um, oh, okay. And you yeah, pay yeah. the money for like that. Like the um, engineering certificate or whatever it is. Yeah. What is it called? I can't even think what it's called. To get it registered yep. for New South Wales where they have to just check through, you know, get rid of all the fluids and check everything and change Compliance the lights and head yep. and seat belts yep. and all that. Which apparently yep. for a Porsche, if you do a Porsche, apparently it's only like for something like a classic, it's only like four grand. Um, I read online that if you bring in a Ferrari, like let's just say you want to bring in a 328 Ferrari. I told you this in an old yep. forum. They say it's like $20,000 yep. to compliance, to get it compliance. It's like 20000 Australian dollars. And that was in 2015, yep. that thread that I read. So, right. But I think it's a good thing. I think, you know, like I said, I couldn't just live with a 912. I couldn't just live with a classic. I think it's a good combination to have both. I think like what Ajmal's got with the 996. Um, you know, in mm-hmm. saying that, Nicker Classic Series has got his 912 with his um, Land Rover. He's got two classics. Um, so it's not impossible. Yep. And if you get it sorted, no. and then you can do a lot of things on the 912. You know, if you want to upgrade things, there's plenty of aftermarket parts, not factory parts. You know, there's so much you can do. Um, mm. And I think, you know, I think it's it'd be a good thing. All right, mate, cool. we should call it a day because you've got to go. I know you've got to go to the doctor and you've got stuff to do. So yep. um, it's morning and it's getting late morning and it's already quarter to 12 here. Well, Anything else? No, that's it, mate. Sorry. I know today was a bit random. My bad for rushing you at the last minute. So. No, no, no trouble. Thank you. No trouble. All right, mate. Um, until cool. next week. Cheers. All right. See ya. All right, everyone. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this one today. I'm sorry if we're a bit out there. Um, it's It's been a bit of a weird week for, for both of us. But anyway, thanks for the support. Thanks for listening and bye for now. <laughs>